Hello there, and thanks for joining me in the podcast. When you speak, do people listen? That's the subject tonight of my podcast, and um, welcome and welcome aboard. We have a great issue here to discuss, because this is what makes the difference between relationships that flourish and relationships that peter out and go nowhere. It's... Do you talk? Do you communicate? Do you listen? Do you interact? Do you relate to people in a way that they will listen to you and relate to you and come close to you? Or do you relate to people in a way that pushes them away, pushes them further away, and creates a distance between you and others? Well, when you speak, do people listen? That's the question. How many times have you heard it said, um, it's not what you say, it's not what you said. It's how you said it. Isn't that what our mothers have all told us? It isn't. That's exactly what kindergarten teachers teach their children. It's one of the lessons we learned in kindergarten. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. So, let's take a look at this issue of communication. You know, communication is the thing that makes a difference between you being heard by another person, or you being shut off, shut up, so to speak, by another person. It's the style of communication, not the fact that you communicated. It's the style. You know, in my counseling practice, people often will come and say, well, we have a communication problem. We have a marital problem, you know, and it's communication. Well, that may be true. It's the style by which they communicate with each other and if they don't communicate in a style that is open and inviting and encouraging and supportive and positive they begin to shut off each other and relationships cool off and distance themselves one from another the style of communication makes a difference between having your ideas considered or having your ideas disregarded by another person Your ideas may have great value. Great ideas may be wonderful, may be very helpful, may be very uh, well-received, actually. But if your style of communication is negative and harsh, you actually will drive people away, and they will not consider and will not regard your opinions or your points of view that you're trying to communicate. It is the difference between having your feelings validated and your feelings rejected. That's the issue in the style of communication. We have a style of communication that we've learned from childhood. We bring it into our adulthood. We bring it into our marriage. We bring it into our workplace. We bring it into our church place. We bring it into the marketplace. We bring it into the lifestyle of our life. And if that style is positive and helpful and warm and exciting and and, and well-received, We come together with people. People come together to us and join us. But if our style of communication is pretty harsh and pretty disrespecting, etc., you know, we push people away. Then we wonder why we don't have friends. We wonder why people don't listen. We wonder why we don't have any influence. We wonder why, you know, people don't want to be around us. So it's the style of communication that we use as a communicator. 
We want to take into consideration people's feelings. We want to take into consideration people's thoughts when we communicate. It's not whether you talk it in the public place, you talk at home, you talk in the office, or wherever it is. It's all the same thing. It's your style. You want to be an effective communicator no matter where you are, no matter where you talk, and with whomever you talk. Effective communication just helps us make and keep friends. And it increases the personal value that we have as an individual with others. It's our personal value before others and with others. It is based on our style of communication and whether we're an effective communicator or not. You may have all the wonderful traits. You may have all the wonderful ideas. You may have all the wonderful ways in which the world can be run better and every bank can be improved and every store can be improved and every church can be improved. You may have all the ideas. But if you're not an effective communicator, those ideas just fall short. They just go out of your mouth and fall to the ground within a matter of a yard, just like a germ. It goes out about a yard and then drops to the ground. So, we have to look at whether we as communicators, whenever we talk, with whomever we talk, wherever we talk, do we produce stress in other people or do we reduce stress in other people? That's really the key issue. And part of it is how you listen, okay? Not just what you say. It comes out of your mouth. But what goes in your ear? In other words, your listening skills are very, very critical and very important. You know, we've always said that people who don't listen are bores. You know, you don't want to be around people who don't listen. You talk, you have ideas, you want to share things, you want to let your feelings be known, and they don't listen. Why would you be around people like that? So you don't remove yourself from people like that. But we're on the other hand, we're drawn to people who are good listeners. Those are the people we want to be around. Those are the people we want to be with. We like people who listen. We like people who consider what we have to say. And they consider that with great value, actually. But not listening, and by not listening, we miss the important information that people have to share. And we won't see the problem very clearly. We won't see the solution very clearly. We won't see the idea being set forth very clearly. We won't see the point that other people are trying to make if we're not listening. You know, I'm a therapist. I spend my day listening. I spend my day just hearing people talk. And I try to listen carefully to what they're saying. I try to take in what they're trying to say. And then after I've listened for a while, I try to give some feedback relevant to what they've been saying. That's what people want. And then I try to paraphrase what they've been saying. I try to put it back into different words and put it in words that maybe I better understand or maybe somebody else would better understand to help them say it more clearly, more succinctly or more positively or more effectively. In other words, people often have great ideas and great feelings that need to be expressed but have a hard time expressing it. So that's what role I play, is to give that feedback on that and to paraphrase and to help people put their feelings, put their thoughts, put their ideas forward in a manner that other people will consider them and hear them and take them in, such as their spouse or their children or their parents or whomever it might be. I spend my time during the day reinterpreting what people say. Sure, I understand. Sure, I hear them. Sure, I understand what they're saying. 
but I try to reinterpret it for the other person. When the wife speaks, I try and reinterpret it so that the husband, the spouse, understands it better, more clearly. So reinterpretation becomes a very important part of my, my day and part of my job. Not just paraphrasing it, but reinterpreting it. Trying to say what, it's, what you're truly trying to say and what it means. And what I also do is I kind of prompt shadowing as a therapist. Now, when you prompt shadowing, you say this. Okay, your wife has just said something. Now, tell me what she said. Put it in your own words, what you heard, what you think she said. And if a husband then can put in his words and say it very clearly and, and very definitely, then the wife can say, yes, that's exactly what I said. Or she can then say, no, nah, I didn't say that at all. This is what I was trying to say. And get that done and get that taken care of more clearly. So prompting the shadowing idea is a very important part of communication. And let people say what they've heard and to verify that what they've heard is exactly what the other person was trying to say and was meaning to say. So that's kind of what how a therapist does during the day. If you want to know what a therapist does, it's what a therapist does a great deal of the day. Not every day, not all day. does other things as well. But that's one of the skills, that's one of the techniques, it's one of the methods that is used by every therapist, particularly with people who come to therapy, come to counseling, because of a relationship issue. And relationship issues are often communication issues. And when you can help people communicate more clearly, those relationship issues kind of melt and fade away. Now, let me uh, just go on and kind of talk about something that's very, very important. When I say, do you speak, or when you speak, do people listen? You know, there's two kinds of communication, two styles of communication. One is what I could refer to as communication that produces stress. And the other one is the communication style that reduces stress. Let's take a look at just some of the examples of that, okay? How do you produce stress in other people as a listener, as the other person in the communication? Well, if you do a lot of interpreting, or interrupting, pardon me, interrupting, <laughs> you're creating stress. People get stressed when people interrupt them. So interruption is one of the big key factors on what makes communication fail and problematic. Also, when you don't let other people talk. When you dominate the conversation and you don't let other people have equal time or equal turn, and sometimes not even equal, that they have more time to talk than you have, that you let them talk even more than you talk. But if you dominate, you take over, and you do all the talking, people stop listening, and people start distancing themselves you know, from you. Here's a third one, complaining or whining. You know, if you do a lot of complaining, you know, people listen for a while. But then after a while, they don't want to listen anymore. They've heard it. They don't want to hear it three times and four times and five times. They don't want to hear the same complaint every time they see you, every time you talk, every time you call. You know, maybe if you want to make a complaint, talk about it. Give it a minute or two or three, and then move on. Discuss something else. Stop whining. Stop complaining. But it's all right to make your point. But then you have to move on. That's the issue. We often don't move on. We get stuck in the complaint that we're trying to lodge. Criticizing and finding fault with others is another way that we produce stress in people. 
we're always critical of other people, finding fault in them, finding fault in whatever they do and whatever they're trying to accomplish and how they live their life and their family and their dress and all the rest. If we criticize and find fault, people distance themselves from us. Now, maybe we have a good point. Maybe our, our points are valid. But they can be said, and then you can move on. Don't belabor it. All right? You know, here's another one, speaking dogmatically. You know, a lot of people believe very strongly what they talk about. But they talk in terms which are dogmatic, definite, firm. You aren't going to convince them differently. So we don't. We stop talking. Do you ever talk to a Democrat if you're a Republican? If you're a Democrat, you ever talk to a Republican? You know, if people are dogmatic in their beliefs, in their opinions, and they will never change, and they're not going to change, and they only argue their own points, you stop having those kind of conversations, and you stop seeing those people, and you stop being around those people. So dogmatic conversation does not bring people together. It separates and divides people. If you talk only about yourself, you know, that moves people away. You know, people want to talk about themselves. You know, they want to have you listen to them. Talk about yourself a little bit, but then move on in the conversation. Don't get stuck there, you know? Don't evade honest questions and serious questions that are being levied and asked and concerned. People do have questions. People do have concerns. They want to ask questions. Don't evade them. Don't run away from them. Give the answer the best you can. If you don't know, just say, I really don't know, but let me, let me try it. Or let me just give you an initial thought on it. Or let me just let you know what I, I think I think. I think I know about it. And then move on. Don't be dogmatic. Don't, it's a, don't be embarrassed if you don't know an answer to some kind of a question. Just don't evade. But, but go ahead and deal with it as best you can. And if you don't know the answer, that's okay. You hadn't thought about that before? That's okay. Just give your initial opinions or your initial thoughts on it and move on. You know, we also don't like people who flatter us insincerely, right? We like flattery, but it's got to be sincere. We like compliments, but it's got to be sincere. We like praise, but it's got to be sincere. We don't like it when it's not sincere at all. And we're, in, and we're irritated by people who always ask the question, well, why? Why? Tell me why. Tell me why. What do you think about that? Why? You know, if you, all these people are asking why, 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 we don't like that, do we? You know, the people can just roll with us, or we can just roll with other people and not have to ask those questions, why, why, why? Because if we're the ones that are always asking why, you always think you've got to know the, the whys of things, then people back off and they stop the conversation. So those are some of the things that produce stress in a relationship and in a communication pattern between two people. Now, pay attention here. There are some styles of communication that reduce stress and improve relationships with other people. What are they? Well, we like people who smile and greet us. We like people who say hello. We like people who call us by name. We like people who reach out and are friendly and interactive and present a pleasant smile. That's a starter, isn't it? That's where all relationships 
start. So put the smile on, but it's got to be genuine. It's got to be genuine. Express interest in other people. You know, ask questions about what other people are doing, how their day went, how their week went, you know, how their kids are doing, how their marriage is going, how their work is going, you know, how, what it's like to live in a neighborhood like they live in, and how their parents and their grandparents are doing, and just ask questions. Be, of in, be interested in other people. People like that. People like to talk about themselves. So ask those kind of questions. But be genuine, obviously. But show a genuine interest in other people and about the things of other people and the things that they're involved in, the project they're involved in, the tasks that they're involved in, the school project they're involved in, the classes they're taking, you know, and, and the type of work they're doing, the projects they're working on, and the stress levels that they're feeling in their marriage or in their home and their, with their kids. Ask about those kind of things. People like to talk and like to know that you're interested. Here's another one that reduces stress. Agree with other people whenever possible. Now, you should not be a person who agrees with everything. Obviously not. Nobody wants that either. But there are some things in every conversation that you can agree with. There are things that you don't agree with. Now, you don't have to overemphasize the things you don't agree with. You don't have to overemphasize the things you do agree with. But do express your levels of agreement and your areas of agreement. Put an emphasis on that. It's that there's more agreement in a conversation between two people than disagreement. There's more things in common than that divide you. Now, also, let other people share your ideas. <clears throat> let people just say, you know, I think that too. Well, then you can just compliment them and you can praise them when they have a feeling like you have or you have a thought like you have. In fact, let it be felt, let them feel like their idea is great and you appreciate it and you're glad, even though you have the same idea. Respect the values and the opinions of others. You know, you want to ask people what their thoughts are, what their opinions are, but then you've got to respect them. You have to listen first. Listen. Understand it. Ask questions about it. Delve into it. Drig, drill, drill, drill deeper. So those opinions and those values that people are talking about and expressing, you can uh, know a little bit more about. But you're showing interest. See? You're showing that you have a deeper interest than just casually listening to an opinion that's being expressed. Ask questions. Delve into it. Spend a little time, pause for a little bit, and find out a little bit more about whatever the idea, whatever the opinion is that they're expressing. Ask about it, okay? Now, be complimentary, but be sincere. Compliment them for their ideas. Compliment them for their thoughts. Compliment them for their dress. Compliment them for their posture. Compliment them for their smile. Compliment them for their attitude. Compliment them for their mood. Compliment them for the way they handled something. Or that, how their family seems to be functioning. Or how their children are doing. You know, compliment them and some of the things that they have or they bought or rather than being jealous. Compliment people for who they are and what they have and what's important to them. Because people love to know that other people appreciate who they are and what they are like as individuals. If you're going to give a, con a suggestion, you're going to give some kind of a comment, you're going to give some feedback to them. Do it constructively. You know, never do you criticize something unless you have a proposed solution, a proposed answer to that situation. 
And always be constructive with your suggestions. If you follow that up with a criticism, make sure your suggestions are complimentary and constructive. So it's all right to criticize. It's all right to think analytically and to see fault or to see things that could be improved or things that are not going as well as they could. But then offer your constructive suggestions. That's very important. Here's another one. Listen attentively. Look into the eyes. Look into the face of the people with whom you're speaking or the person with whom you're speaking. Listen. Give the effect that you're attentive, that you care, and that you are soaking in what they're saying. You're taking in like a sponge. That's very, very important. Okay? And be clear and be direct and be kind. Be clear in your communication. Make sure people understand you. Be direct and be assertive. But also be kind. Be thoughtful and gentle. People have very sensitive feelings. So be kind. Let them know that you appreciate them. Let them know that you care about them. Let them know that you feel uh, comfortable with them and that you like to talk with them. You like to be around them. You like to have interactions with them. That's a compliment when you tell you know, people that. They love to hear that, okay? Now, how can you improve? Let's go to my last point here. How, do you, how can you kind of communicate effectively? How can you learn to communicate effectively? Here's how you can learn. It's a very, very simple procedure. Anybody can do it, and it doesn't take much. Watch the person with whom you are speaking. And notice the signs that that person gives as to acceptance or rejection of what you are doing and what you're saying. Okay? In other words, if that person is stressed and is rejecting your points of view, that person will distance himself, will back up, and will back further away from you. Ooh, you're in trouble. That's the case. But if people like what you're saying, if they appreciate what you're saying, they appreciate how you're saying it, they get a good vibe with you, and they like you, and they're attracted to you, what do they do? They move closer to you. They come. They might even touch you. They might even touch your arm, or shake your hand, or just express appreciation for what you've said. But they come towards you. They're attracted to you, you see? That's good, effective communication. So just watch how people react whenever you, whenever you talk. That happens all day long and with all the people you interact with all day long. There's hundreds of those kind of little interactions that take place in the course of a day and from which you can learn as to whether your communication style creates stress or reduces stress. Okay? When people move away and distance themselves, be very careful. You need to cover yourself and make some changes right away, right on the spot. So that you reverse that process and people come back towards you and interact with you and look at you and smile at you and interchange ideas with you and interact and debate and discuss and, and so on. If you're going to be effective in your communication, you've got to be assertive. You have to speak up. You can't be passive and just stand there. You have to be assertive. You have to be able to speak up and speak your point of view. Express your feelings, express your wants, express your dislikes, express your likes, but you can't do it aggressively. 
You can't do it in a manner that hurts other people or puts down other people or is critical of other people or overspeaks or overreacts and more too loud, you know, whatever it might be. You have to be assertive, but not aggressive, and certainly not passive. Okay? Now, if you really want to improve your communication skills, here's what you can do. Every marriage can improve this way. For one month, at the end of the day, every night, every day, just ask each other the question, how did we do in our communication today? Did we reduce stress for each other? Or did we produce stress for each other? And how did we do that? Let's take some examples and then just commit to improving that tomorrow. And then do the same thing tomorrow. Just team up. Team up with somebody at work. Team up with a friend. Whatever it might be. Just ask, how did we do in our, com in our communication? Were we effective? Did we reduce stress or did we increase stress? Did we get our points across? Did we listen did we come together or do we move apart? That's where marriages can make the difference between what goes forward in a successful and thriving manner or fall short. Okay, well, thanks for joining me today on this topic of when you speak, do people listen? Now, here's what I'd like you to hear, okay? If you have a problem with a lock or a key or you are on a safe of some kind, go to Lehman's Lock and Safe. They are located on Shaw and Fresno Street. Okay? Their actual address is 1089 East Shaw. They're right there in the shopping center. So um, just drive in there. You'll see it. they got a big sign there. You'll see it. Lehman's Lock and Safe. He's been around for a long time. There's not a lock that he can't deal with. There's not a key that he can't make. But he's got a lot of safes, too, that you, if you need to buy one for whatever you need to store and keep secure, he's got something for you, okay? And he's got a mobile service. He'll come out to your home. He'll come out to your office if you, need, if you have that kind of a problem situation. So give him a call. That would be a very right and good thing, you know, to do. Call them at 228-1805, 228-1805. And I have one other thing for you. If you are in Medicare, you're older or you have disability or whatever it might be, if you're in Medicare, not Medi-Cal, but if you're in Medicare, you call Susan Hatch, the insurance, the insurance agent. She is the guru for Medicare. She will tell you anything you need to know, whatever you need to know. She'll have the answer for you. Susan Hatch, H-A-T-C-H. Go to Yellow Pages, look under Insurance Agents. You'll see her name in there. Dial her up, ask her a question, and she'll be of help to you. Whether you're a client of hers or not, she'll be of help to you. And you probably will want to be a client of hers because of the help she does give to you. It's a great resource when you're dealing with the Medicare system, which is complex indeed, but she'll work, walk you through it in a manner that you can take care of the problem that you have. Okay? Now, I'm open to other people being the sponsors of the program, so 
Let me know if you'd like to be a sponsor or you'd like to sponsor some kind of a nonprofit organization that we'll announce. So give me a heads up, will you, if you'd like to be a sponsor. We'd certainly appreciate it. Now, every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock on centralvalleytalk.com, that's internet television, centralvalley.com, centralvalleytalk, right, centralvalleytalk.com. My television program, Dr. Teach Me to Parent, is on. It's on 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time in the morning. So tune in. If you're a parent, grandparent, you're dealing with issues of parenting, tune in. And uh, we have some great topics that we discuss relative to family life and parenting. At CentralValleyTalk.com, 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, Internet Television. Okay? Bye for now.